0: Great coaches ask great questions. The best days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody
1: else. Welcome back to On It, Not In It with Focal Point Business Coaching of Ohio with Todd Eppert. Todd, how have you been? Great, Nick. How you doing, man? Oh, living the dream. A little bit sick if I sound rough, that's why, but... Yeah, you stay on your side of the room. I'm going to, yeah. If I could wrap myself in a bubble, I would for you right now. But I know in this episode, you want to talk about the rainmaker to architect transition. And I've never heard that terminology before. Can you run me through what that means?
0: Sure. Excellent. So um, what we're talking about here is the person that owns the business. Mm -hmm. um, they, They can have a lot of different kinds of roles in the business, Um, And when it's dangerous when it comes to transition, we've talked a lot about about how do you exit your business, transition your business someday. And whether that's through selling your business or um, even giving it to your kids or giving it to your employees for that matter, the work has to happen with the owner. The owner has to, quote unquote, get out of the way. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the business can never transition successfully. So if you think about what the rainmaker role would be, the rainmaker, you think about it in the sales world. So the rainmaker brings all the business to the, to the, uh, to the business. They bring all the, the sales, all the customer relationships. And so, um, you know, oftentimes the owner of the business, the entrepreneur falls into this rainmaker category because it's, it's actually a little bit fun to be the rainmaker. You know, when you're out talking to a prospect and the prospect says, yes, it's an adrenaline rush, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's a little, you get like an endorphin rush. And so, um, guess what they do? They continue to be that person. And the challenge is, uh, what happens when you're the rainmaker? Is when you go on vacation, everything either comes to a screeching halt or slows down. You become the bottleneck. You become the controlling person in the business. Um, you know. Also, what can happen is every time there's a customer problem, guess who gets the phone call? Mm-hmm. The rainmaker, right? Those are the kinds of things that we can look for if we think we might be a rainmaker. Is what's happening around us. So. What we look for in the rainmaker world is does the um, does the does the business owner own all the customer relationships? Do they do all of the work to fulfill all the promises that they make? Uh, do they get the calls when things go wrong? Um, you know, do they have to deal with uh, all the issues in the business? In other words, like if something happens in the delivery, do they then have to go fix all those problems? That's the rainmaker, and that's actually a pretty good role for a lot of entrepreneurs. Especially, I mean, you can build a nice business mm-hmm. uh, being the rainmaker. Uh, But at some point, you can't get out of the business. The business is all about that rainmaker instead of being about a product, a service, and something that other people can support. And so in the coaching industry, one of the things we're trying to do is help business owners move from being that rainmaker to being the architect. The architect is the person that's actually behind the scenes. They're designing the systems, the processes, and the procedures. They're hiring the people. Uh, they're making things more consistent, more deliverable for multiple peoples on the team. So it's not so reliant on them. And what happens then is transition happens much easier. And not only that, but the value of the business increases significantly. Because if you're looking at buying a business, let's say you're an outsider looking to buy that business. And you look at the business owner and they're the rainmaker, well, how are you gonna become the rainmaker?
1: Right. You don't have the relationships. <laughs> how long is that gonna take?
0: Right? So that's what that's why that, that happens.
1: Nice. That's brilliant. Now I can speak for my own relationships especially inside the staffing industry is we've, we've had most of these conversations already again my parents have kind of gone off to their boat literally their boat they've sailed in the sunset so with that it's the hard decision of like what is that role for you and transitioning from sales and giving up those relationships it's hard it is. so, And it's fearful. So how do you get past that fear as a rainmaker who's about to make that transition?
0: Well, let me, let me just be really clear. You don't have to completely give it up. So uh, I, we love to use the analogy. I love to use the analogy of uh, candy. Right? When you eat a piece of candy, maybe it's chocolate. Maybe you have like a craving. So you got to have a piece of chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's okay to have a piece of chocolate every once in a while. But if you eat chocolate 24-7... What happens is you might get diabetes, you might lose health, you might you might probably don't have very good fitness, you probably don't have, you know, you probably, you probably gain weight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not good for your body, right? So you can have a little bit of chocolate every once in a while, but you and can't eat it okay. as 100% of your diet. Wow. So first and foremost, if you really love being the salesperson, um, the key thing is just make sure that you don't own all the relationships. And mm-hmm. so in order to get out of that space, you probably have to bring somebody else alongside you, train them up, teach them all the processes that you use to sell if mm-hmm. you don't have any, which is pretty typical in the in the entrepreneurial world. You have to build processes. Mm-hmm. What does our sales funnel look like? How do we find prospects? Who is our ideal target client? And then once they come to the top of the funnel, how do we move them from the top to the bottom? That's the that's the the function of the salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I am a big fan of the kind of on the job training. Like, hey, we go out together. I'm going to do for a while, and you're going to watch, mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about it, right? And then you're going to do it for a while, and I'm going to watch, and we're going to talk about it. And then you're going to do it without me, and then you're going to come back and download, and we're going to talk about it. And then you're just going to go do it. And so what that would look like then is you probably want to hand off newer client relationships to mm-hmm. the new person coming in. And then as they get more comfortable and confident, maybe you can shift over some of your less big clients, the more the less personal relationships that you have. And then maybe you just maintain the last few business relationships, and mm-hmm. that's going to make you a lot I love that transition. That's in the sales world.
1: Gotcha. And moving into that architect role, that's also fearful too, because what made you really, really good as a rainmaker isn't going to be the same skill set that translates into an architect, right? So how do you have that skill gap jump? If that makes sense.
0: Well, exactly what we were just talking about. So as the, as the new person's coming on board and you're building those sales processes, that is the architect's job. Mm. So you're actually kind of doing it as you're, mm. as you're going through the process. It, and, and, and I have a lot of clients that struggle with this. And when they go through the, well, I just do it. Okay, well, I, I don't know how to do it, so I'll ask questions. What do you do first? What do you do second? What do you do third? How many meetings do you have typically with a prospect client? Okay, well, let's label those meetings and let's start thinking about, do you just have one of each or do you have two of one and next and that? Let's build a process around how we move people through our funnel to become clients. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, does that make sense? That makes plenty of sense. And then they can start to design it from the back end. So as they're figuring out how to train on board their next Rainmaker, they can understand the processes and kind of probably learn more about their business.
0: Yes. In fact, um, I actually have a client. and We did this a number of years ago now. It's probably been over four and a half years. He hired his first employee. And she was a very process-oriented person. And he wasn't. <laughs> and he's get, like, I just, I'm just, i just really good at sales. So, said, well, teach her how to do it and then let her write the process. Mm-hmm. And it worked really, really well. And so now they have training documents based on a newer person's perspective Hmm. of seeing what the other person was doing. And so that's another great way to do it. So you can write them yourself or you can bring in somebody new that has a good mind for it and then allow them to learn the process and write it as they go.
1: It makes a lot of sense. Now, what's your role as a coach? So when you're stepping into the conversation, how do you help them make those both the skill gap and also get through that fear of making that transition?
0: Yeah. So the first thing is they, I have to know what they want. So do you really want to not be the rainmaker anymore? Because if you want to grow your business, you can't say, I'm going to continue to be the rainmaker. Hmm. At some point, you will become the bottleneck, and your revenue will plateau, and you'll, your business will run out of room for growth. And you may say, I'm okay. I'm going to do this for 10 or 20 or 30 years. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to bank a lot of it away. And when I leave the world, the business world, I'm just going to turn the key, lock the door, and walk away. <laughs> right? So Yeah. That, that's one way to exit we your see business. it all the time. Right. right. It happens all the time. Um, so the first thing I have to do as a coach is really help like get an understanding of, well, what do you want to do? They have to be clear on what their goals are. I can't force them to move to the architect role. Mm-hmm. If they say, I need to move from being the rainmaker to the architect, I need to be building my business and working on my business instead of in my business, um, then we'll talk about well, what, what should we do first? And we'll make a list of things. What is your biggest bottleneck problem right now? Well, Uh, Maybe I need to hire another employee. Okay, well, how are you going to train that employee? Okay, what are the processes and procedures they're gonna need to understand from the beginning? we'll start with a very basic list. And then my job as the coach is really to hold that person accountable To write those things down. Mm -hmm. Um, There are times when if it's a a position I'm familiar with, as an example, or I might even draw from my own small business ownership world and say, well, here's what I've done in my business, or here's how we do it in my business. Here's what we train on. So I might share some insights, but it's really on the business owner to do that Mm -hmm. work. And it's kind of good for him. It's Mm kind of like doing therapy. Like I'm writing it down. I'm working through my issues. I'm like, oh, that doesn't work. That's not true. I missed a step here. Uh, I do find it funny sometimes. I'll talk to the person right in the process. Well, there's only two steps, really, because as you're describing it, I've documented twenty already. Twenty six steps <laughs> yeah. in between A, step maybe A. Maybe we need to get a little bit more 1. granular.
1: 1.2, <laughs> B, right? right? Like it's uh...
0: <laughs> yeah. And then we do have to talk about some of the obstacles and maybe some of the potential issues. Like what happens if they don't? If they fall out of the process, mm-hmm. where do the typical? Where do prospects typically fall out, and how do you get them back in? That's a process step that we need to document. That's a very good point. Right. So that's what I'll do as the coach is I'll help them work on where do you want to go and if you really want to go to that place then what do you need to do to do that? and Sometimes I can have some insights but most of the time it's just a conversation of asking questions and talking through it.
1: That's very interesting. And my experience with rainmakers and I'm sure you've had similar experience if not, tell me I'm wrong, is what, who's a rainmaker and what Personality fit with clients or prospects is usually a different rainmaker than those other personality fits. And what I always go through is like when I, when my dad was doing sales, he walked into a literal military base it was all three enclosures or L three. Um, I forget what it is, but they they make bombs for the military, right? Yeah. You walk through a metal detector, there's armed guards, it's intense. And he landed the job order, got the meeting, ended up being 160 person account. He did it by just being this high alpha male personality, and it just worked. He was never able to get it into this other company called Diamond Jellahoe that I was able to get into because I was like this soft, fuzzy, cute guy walking woke up in a bow tie. Because those rainmaker strategies are different. So, how do you maintain that? Because, I mean, with a rainmaker, if you have that age old client, that likes that personality type of the past rainmaker, and there's that transition, and maybe that transition doesn't happen smoothly. How do you make the architect not go back to what they know, which is go back to that? Oh, let me fix that for you, instead of pushing it off to the new to the new team.
0: Yeah, so I think you stacked a few questions in there. I did. So I'm let, I'm let's sorry. unpack go ahead. a few things there. So the first... I do have
1: daddy issues. If you want to go back and go back to
0: this, <laughs> the, the first thing I would go to is is you talked about well, some people are going to be naturally equipped to sell to certain behavior styles. Correct. Uh, and that is correct. And we could do a whole episode on that another time. We could talk about behavior styles, sure. um, but in in general, overall, we will tend to be able to, I would call, sell or gain influence with people that are more like us. Sure. So if I'm a driven alpha male or driven alpha personality, I might be uh, it might be easier for me to connect with someone that's a driven alpha person. right. Um I also could have a lot of abrasiveness with them as well because we often see, uh, the things we don't like about ourselves and the people that are most like us. So th- there could be some goods and some bads. That's interesting. So the first thing I would do is I would want, um, f- if you're a, if you're an alpha uh, driven person and you've had success, well, is it because of your personality style or is it because there's a process that you're following? Right, sure. Um, so that's the first thing I would want to understand. If it is truly a combination of both and as I'm looking to replace you, I would probably want to replace you with someone that's like you on the behavior style. Scale. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, we all have different things. So some some people, very detail-oriented people, they don't want to be rushed through the sales process. So those driven people, sometimes they move too fast and they lose orders because they're moving too fast for those detail-oriented All the time. People. Or maybe there's the person that's kind of fun-loving, uh, that I, the influence person in the disc scale, that just, you know, you better come in and you better ask them how their weekend was. And if you can start right to business, you're done, you lose them. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely some training that needs to happen with salespeople as well when it comes to behavior styles and what they're going to run into. And candidly, they don't know what they're going to run into when they walk through the door to meet somebody for the first time. And So they have to have a, a toolbox that they can get to very quickly. Right. Um, and what I would teach those folks to do is what are some selling strategies for different Behavior styles mm-hmm. and then mimic those
1: styles, which will help you be more like the person you're selling to. And it starts the questions, right? Yeah. Asking those questions, identifying and go from there.
0: Yeah. So I think I answered the question on what happens when your dad does it one way and you do it another yeah, way. And there we you go. get into this different places. So as you grow your organization, if you find that you're selling into one type of cluster customer all the time easily and you're losing another type, maybe you want to go higher. The next person needs to be different than you. You sure. can intentionally do that. Um, or you might say, well, generally this style works best in our organization and we need to train them when they're bumping into prospects that are different than us. Gotcha. Um, I do see uh, commonality, especially in outside sales roles, uh, where there's not a lot of direction, um, (laughs) where they have to be self-motivated. They have to get up every single day and do the work on their own. There's nobody standing over their shoulder. Um, And they have to be kind of they're going to get 100 no's to get to that first yes. They have to have some resiliency. Mm -hmm. So I will if I'm looking to hire a salesperson with a company, I'll use a behavior style and I'll say, hey, this is the general style that works best let's try this. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I will use a recommendation and there's studies on that. You can find them in all kinds of places.
1: I love that. And my, what I always go to is no one believes me I my this, but outside sales is the loneliest job mm-hmm. and no one ever, well, you're talking to people all day. How can it be lonely? It's like, you have the same 15 second conversation with a hundred people to have one actual conversation on Thursday afternoon. Right. It's just this like always sick loneliness and people never get that. But anyway, that's a tangent. We'll probably delete in the outtakes, takes, but that's fine.
0: Right. And let me go back to what also you said. You said, okay, now, um, we were talking about behavior styles I can't remember what the next question was Oh you sorry asked the next the
1: next question the next aspect of that question was going into that skill transfer and if there's a client that prefers the behavior that the past Rainmaker had, and now they have this new person that either has the same behavior style because you hired for it, or might have a different diverse behavior style because you hired for it, what's that look like?
0: So we kind of covered that. You can hire somebody that looks like you, or you can train somebody that, that's going to act more like you. Right. Um, and, and the important thing that I would want to make sure if you're working as the Rainmaker and you're bringing that person alongside you is stop making it all about you. Mm -hmm. Right. Make it about your product and your service. Mm -hmm. What can the company do to serve you? Instead of being all about Nick... Mm -hmm. Let's focus on what your company does for the client Mm -hmm. and how we serve you. And this is my friend, Todd, or my new employee, Todd, who's going to be taking your account over for you to make sure that we deliver on all the promises that you expect from my company.
1: Nice. It's the outward mindset.
0: Yes. So make it about the services and products rather than about you as the individual the relationship you have.
1: That's brilliant. Do you have any other final points to talk about with the transition from Rainmaker to Architect?
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think I already covered it. But yeah, the question really is, is what do you want to do? If you're an entrepreneur and you want to have a lifestyle business that provides great cash flow for you and your family, and you can live how you want to live, and you're banking a lot of that cash, and you never want to go through the hard work of going through the transition process, then just do it, right? Just build your cash bank account, and when you leave, there will be zero value in your business. Mm-hmm. It's not an asset. Don't consider it as part of your, uh, your retirement fund. Mm-hmm. If you need it for your retirement fund, then you're going to have to make that step at some point from Rainmaker to architect. There is no time like the present. Don't put off what you can do today until tomorrow. Um, You have to start working on your business today rather than start working, keep working in your business. Otherwise, you'll never make the transition. Candy tastes too good. (laughs)